0: As Laura has um, shared in our prayer, we are living in this in-between space here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, but um, give God thanks and praise that we don't sit in this in-between space by ourselves. Uh, We have communities that come alongside us and pray for us who leverage our gifts um, when we might feel a little bit fearful it's their courage that we can leverage when we're wondering about the uncertainty it's their faith that we can leverage and so we are grateful for all of the ways in which we have done good worshipful work this day in this in between space. It is so easy to feel anchored and to feel so much like grand faith when you know what you are doing or where you're going. It's a totally different story when some things are a bit uncertain. And so for us to show up for each other on a Sunday morning, sometimes wondering, are all the questions going to be answered and what is everything going to look like? And yet we said, we come and we trust that God is with us. And so I'm grateful for the ways that we have done this good work together this morning. We have been in the middle of a sermon series called V um, over the last uh, month. And in this sermon series, we have been talking about the mighty acts of God, but also to how we can be, how we can show up um, and participate, co-labor because of the mighty acts of God. Because of who God is and how God works in this world, it also unearths and reveals something about ourselves, our faith and the practices that we can lean into. Because we see Jesus as a neighbor, we um, understand ourselves as a neighbor because Jesus teaches us how to pray. We can also be prayerful in so many different ways in our lives because uh, Jesus does not need us to hype Jesus up, but also to make space for us to ask questions. We can be those who are honest. Here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, we have these five core values, these ways that we believe as a church community that we show up in the world, the ways in which we be a community. And one of those core values is that um, our language is blessings. That everywhere we go we're always blessing the socks off of people we are offering generous words over people we are reminding people of their best and not their worst because we also know of a God who says that when God creates everything by the work of God's hands that we are very good so we participate in gratitude and also in being those who bless And this morning, as I begin to read our passage of scripture from Psalm 136, the first through nine verses, and then 23 through 26, you will understand how we're going to practice what it looks like to be those who operate from a posture of gratitude and also blessing God. Now, because I got to be with my home church, that just happens to be, how can I say this? A little more robust, um, a little bit more robust than we can be on a Sunday they reminded me that when I'm reading scripture, I don't have to read scripture alone that you can also read scripture with me. There is a refrain that you're going to find over and over again in Psalm 136 for God's steadfast love endures forever. And this is what I'm going to tell you. If you feel led to lean into the reading of scripture with me, you will not catch me slipping. I will be perfectly okay. If you choose to lean into these words, because maybe this is what you're feeling, that God's unfailing love endures forever. The second thing is that you probably have noticed, for those of you who worship with us here at the Southeast Raleigh table, that I typically use gender-neutral language for God. Now, in this particular passage of scripture, um, God will be referred to he, 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 there are times when I'm going to say God. Um, I want you to know that you are also invited to lean into sometimes uh, speaking of God with gender-neutral language. But for the sake of the flow, I'm going to read this psalm uh, more closely to how it is presented in the New Revised Standard Version. So if it feels like my, um, my, my typical is changing today, it's because my typical is changing today. Hear now these words in Psalm 136 that might help us to be grateful. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for God's steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, For his steadfast love endures forever. Who alone does great wonders. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who by understanding made the heavens. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who spread out the earth on the waters. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who made the great lights. For his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever. And then in verse 23, it is God who remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. Friends, this is the good word for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't like to say that there are lots of universal truths, okay? I don't want to be that pastor that says that this is just a universal truth, you. That one particular universal truth is that it is hard to be around people who complain all the time No one says oh my gosh, you know who we need to invite to the party Debbie the downer nobody says that We probably all know somebody who complains all the time do not look around, but we probably all know somebody who all the time you know that person that you go to the nicest restaurant in Raleigh you have the greatest meal the ceviche is cevicheing and yet they can't stand the fact that the restaurant is too cold or the restaurant is too hot oh you tell this person I love your knitting skills and this person says to you well knitting just doesn't bring me satisfaction in life then that person gets in a relationship you praise them for now being in a relationship they're like well now I no longer have time to knit you know you know those people You know those people. I had an interesting moment with someone um, who complained that it was so striking to me of what um, a threat of complaint can actually be to our everyday life. It was my last year of seminary, I had graduated and I had taken, at this point in time, about three trips to Haiti, and this was like maybe my third or my fourth trip to Haiti. And I went to Haiti with a very eclectic group. And there was a person on, um, on our team who complained about everything. Now, for any of you who have ever been um, or traveled to Haiti before, there is this, I mean, almost supernatural way in which our Haitian siblings seem to live with unceasing gratitude even in the midst of difficult situations. Now, I don't want to romanticize that, okay? Like, oh, look how horrible life is, and see how joyful um, our Haitian siblings are. I don't want to romanticize it, but I do want to acknowledge that. That in the midst of death and despair, being in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, many times our Haitian siblings live with a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving and praise. And here it is that there's this person on my team. It could be a beautiful day. This person will complain about the sunshine. We would have a glorious meal, remembering that most Haitians only eat one meal per day. That's the average. That person would complain about the spices in the meal. We went to a worship service, which worship in Haiti is soaring and moving and cathartic. And this person was upset that they left their recorder in the room. Haitian churches that think to themselves we need a little more recorder in my headphones (laughs) something about complaining seems devoid of God something about not acknowledging The things around us seems kind of devoid of God. Something about never being able to offer praise or thanksgiving from our lips seems a little bit devoid of God. And here is what I want us to hold on to. Is that the only way sometimes to keep complaint from our lips or being our posture is then to have gratitude or praise or thanksgiving on our lips. It is difficult to have both praise and complaint coming out from us. It's why during the pandemic when we were sometimes wondering with a great level of uncertainty what is life going to look like we would start all of our zoom meetings talking about what's a small breakthrough that you have seen what's a way that you could give God thanks and praises that we thanked God for being able to get on Marco Polo we thank God for the fact that many of us were beginning to cook our own food we thank God for learning to play the ukulele we thank God for all of the ways in which God showed up for us like manna in the midst of a wilderness experience. And we would oftentimes then end our Zoom meetings talking about what's the kindness or the gentleness that we're going to offer ourselves. That because we believe that God pours out good gifts upon us, that we are also going to give ourselves good gifts. Because in a season when we could have complained all of the time, acknowledging the little things and also the big things in our lives kept us yoked. Tethered to a posture of gratitude. And why might we be people who are grateful? Because the psalmist says in Psalm 136 that we give thanks to God because God is good and God's steadfast love endures forever. That word steadfast, uh, Laura reminded our contemplative prayer group, comes from this Hebrew word, hesed which means like unfailing love and the beautiful thing about this steadfast love or this unfailing love is that it's not two different words it's one word together it's a quality of God's love that cannot be like um torn apart from each other it's just unfailing love no spaces and so the psalmist says we give thanks to God for the little things and for the large things because it's always an overflow of God's unfailing love no spaces begins to talk about how God has been working and operating throughout salvation history throughout our lives how God created the heavens and the earth and that's worthy of gratitude how God placed the Sun in the sky that's worthy of gratitude how God opened the skies that's worthy of gratitude how God made night and day that's worthy of gratitude then the psalmist actually goes on to talk about the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt that's the part that I skipped But then when the psalmist comes back around to the 23rd verse, that God will remember us in our lowest state, our complaining estate, our miserable estate, our exhausted estate, our weary estate, worthy of gratitude. That God rescued us from our foes, worthy of gratitude. That God provides for all people, worthy of gratitude. There is a gift to naming the things for which we are grateful there is a gift in acknowledging whether it seems so small to someone but it's so big to you or so big to you or so small to someone else naming the ways in which we are like okay God because of your steadfast love this like thing that I have in my life is worthy for me to stop and to say thank you thank you and Voskamp once wrote that once we begin counting the gifts you can stop giving God glory once you start like recognizing all of the gifts. How can you stop giving God glory? The fact that we're all sitting in this space after a two year global pandemic, how can we stop giving God glory? Do you know that there's someone right now who's praying that there would be someone who become a friend to them, who would know them by name, and there are many of you who are known by many and loved by many. There are some of us who have done things to harm and to hurt, and yet we still have been extended grace and mercy, not only from the Most High God, but sometimes from our family members and our friends. How can we stop giving God glory? Oh give thanks to the Lord for God is good, hard stop and God's steadfast love, no spaces endures forever. But here's what I want you to know. I know we like to talk about those Debbie the Downers and the miserable Max. (laughs) But within all of us, a posture of gratitude doesn't always happen naturally. We have to be intentional about giving thanks. Because um, the way in which uh, we oftentimes move in this world, it is easier to point out the things that we think are wrong than it is to point out the things that feel right. But like, you know, when you're asked, tell us all of um, the things that you love about yourself. Sometimes people have a hard time. But if I say, you know, tell me the things that you need to like beat out of yourselves, folks are like, four score, seven years ago. And they have the long list. It's something in us that wants to turn toward the things that feel broken as opposed to turning towards the things that are brilliant or that might be worthy of acknowledgement and praise. So, gratitude is as much a practice as it is a feeling. Let me say that one more time. Gratitude is as much a practice as it is a feeling. There are lots of times. I don't feel grateful. There are lots of times that I actually feel miserable, <laughs> downtrodden, and just sad. And you know what they tell you? Like when someone is in a bad place, sometimes the worst thing to say to them is like, "Don't be sad." Oh no, don't no. That's not what you say when someone is like, "Don't don't be angry." Those are not the things that you say. I just don't, I don't feel this overwhelming Thanksgiving, oh my gosh, I just don't feel it. It's not pouring forth out of us. And I want to offer you this good news. Being grateful doesn't mean that you cannot acknowledge your sadness or sorrow. Being grateful does not mean that you have to dismiss the hurts and the pains in this world. Being grateful doesn't mean that now you have to become indifferent. To oppression or yoke yourself to toxic positivity that's not what gratitude looks like because we hear in scripture that we can give thanks even in the midst of tribulations complaint is not the same thing as lament gives us the opportunity to feel the things that are heavy and that are broken and that are wounded but lament always adds a comma to see what God might do my enemies encamp all around me I've been placed in a pit everyone else around me is flourishing and yet my life is being um, harmed or threatened and yet shall I praise God Lament always adds a comma to see what God can do. Complaint stops or limits or thwarts what we believe God can do. So if it doesn't always happen naturally that we're people of gratitude, then we have to practice. And I love one of the practices of of our Jewish siblings called the coat Prayers. The coat Prayers are these daily prayers or the hundred prayers that our siblings within the Jewish tradition sometimes pray. It comes from the word Baraka, which means like blessings or Thanksgiving, like thank yous to God. And the way in which our, um, our siblings frame these prayers, O oh Lord God, King of the universe, We give you thanks for waking me up in in the morning. Oh Lord God, King of the universe, we give you thanks for the food that I have to eat. Oh Lord God, King of the universe, we give you thanks for the movement in my body that I can pick my child up in my arms. Oh Lord God, King of the universe, and all throughout the day. There are all of these ways that you name all of the countless gifts, the gratitudes that are in our lives. What if we, Instilled this practice in our lives. Wake up in the morning, God, I give you thanks for your steadfast love endures forever. I get to put my feet on the ground. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for your steadfast love endures forever. I can move my arms back and forth to brush my teeth. Oh, Lord God. For your steadfast love endures forever. I actually have food in a pantry. For God's steadfast love endures forever. I have clothes to put on and I can actually change my clothes every single day of the week because God's steadfast love endures forever. I can get on Marco Polo and polo someone at seven o'clock in the morning who will not be angry at me because that person loves me that much because God's steadfast love endures forever. that I can come to a job with people that I love and that I like and who make me my best self because God's steadfast love endures forever. What if in our waking, living, breathing days as we move, as we eat cereal, as we talk to folks, as we sit with clients, as we love our beloved ones, as we meet the barista, as we're vacuuming the floors or watching the Roomba do the Roomba's work. (laughs) That we don't stop naming and counting the gifts because once you start, you cannot stop giving God glory. Here's a truth that I believe is that a life shaped by gratitude almost always looks like a life shaped by God. And a life shaped by God, the one who created the heavens and the earth and says that everything is very good, is a life that looks very good. We live with lots of things to lament. I'm not going to take that away from you. We're really good at that here at the Southeast Raleigh table. Joy and sorrow, our sisters, they live in the same house. But our lament always has a comma, and yet shall we praise God. May it be so. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks to you for your steadfast love endures forever. Gracious God, we give thanks to you for your steadfast love endures forever. And if we knew nothing else about who you are and the character of God, we would give thanks to you where your steadfast love endures forever and that is enough so God would you help us to be blessers would you help us to be grateful and might our acts and words and practice of gratitude Be like an act of resistance in a world that does not know how to bless, but oftentimes spends its energy finding more slick ways to curse. That from our waking hours to our sleeping hours, we might add another voice. A voice that says, oh give thanks to this loving God because God's steadfast love will never fail we pray all of this in the strong name of your son Jesus Christ and all God's people said amen